welcome to the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. We still have music going because Bug's not here. I, not I, I got you. I got you. We fixed it. it. Oh, my gosh, dude. Bug, we need you, man. This is brutal. You, uh, you know what the worst part is that I just realized? Hmm. There's a button that we could have unclicked to not loop the track, and we would never have that issue ever again. Okay. That is a, that's a valid point. Um, Sorry, I just I just learned this. It is what it is. All right, so Bug's <laughs> not here, uh, but this is the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast, and we're going to be talking about week one. So we have Doug and Tug here with you, and Bug still made some picks for this week. So we're going to be, you know, shittily explaining his predictions. Um, that's wonderful. Can't wait for that part. Can we change his predictions like y'all did to me when I wasn't here? You didn't give us predictions when you weren't here, so that's you didn't that's ask me for predictions. <laughs> you didn't offer either. <laughs> oh God! Oh, there's one more thing. I there we go. Now we're now we're sitting ready to rock. Okay, I don't know what that was, but I'm terrified. We added the banner that times. have all our links that they're scrolling oh, geez. down below. Woo. We were we were off the game from the start. You know what? Let's just take a step back. Bad first drive. Let's get right back to it. We're in it now. All right. Welcome to the big dudes in the trenches. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Huh, uh, if you're joining us live on, on first... Twitch, <laughs> if the, you're joining us live sc- on Twitch, you've seen some exciting things to start here. <laughs> the script didn't work on on the first drive. Let's try it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Bug's not here, obviously, as you can tell by so many different reasons today. Uh, also, if you're watching us, which we recommend that you do, especially on Twitch at Big Dudes in the Trenches, all in word, you could have seen that he's not here. And that's the best way to know things is by looking at them, which is why we recommend watching football games. It's- unlike to what Tug was trying to do last night, where he only had two games on at once. That is oh, so Oh, God, awful. two games. Oh, no. I was legitimately watching like seven games. The worst part is I actually have a setup where I probably could because I've got my TV behind me. I've got a monitor right here. I've got my main monitor here. And then I've got another laptop right here. I probably could. And then my phone. Like I probably could put five on at any given time. I'm squirrel ADHD. The only reason that you don't is because you hate college football. No, the only reason I don't is because I prefer my TV downstairs that's bigger. Oh! Okay. Wait, what? Sorry, I'm seeing score. Uh, yeah, sports scores bot come over, and I'm confused. If there's a two point conversion, it's please tell me you were just as confused as I am. I wasn't paying attention to the sports score bot. Uh, but yeah, the Twitch comments are going crazy. It, it, it completely changed what it was. Yeah, and it's still wrong. That's the. It's not worth. No, it. no, There's no, games no, happening right now. There are games happening right now. The reason we didn't record this last night, the reason we weren't live last night, is because uh, there was some huge games happening last night. Not yep. as big of games tonight, so we thought we could sneak this one in there. But also, we're starting at the same time as Miami versus Miami, which I have on in the background. Amazing. Also, um, as you can tell, I will the say this. Bot Howard at Eastern Michigan's going on right now. 
There are a couple of good ones. Go- I, I will say this too. Let this, the way I'm seeing Sports Scores Bot come up, let that be proof of why you need to come watch us on Twitch more because we will respond to you in kind if you actively chat with us. Apparently Tug will because I totally missed that at first. But, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll do better oh, if it's an actual comment from someone. That's, that's the plan. Uh, I'm so. Here for you. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into our week one picks. Most of these were so a couple of ground rules and everything, but it's worth pointing out. This is where we stand right now. So we had a week zero schedule, which was that we just made a pick for every single game last weekend. Uh, That's unsustainable because I'm sure you realize how many games there were last weekend. There were a couple of them. Uh, Um, Ten, it looks like. Specifically ten. Nailed it. And then multiply that by about six, seven, eight. That's how many games you would have on a normal weekend. Uh, Even more because uh, we're not going to pick them all. That would be be a lot. Brutal. Yes. It would literally take an entire day of recording. And in addition, uh, we just don't have the bandwidth. A lot more research. Yeah. Yeah, so. facts. <laughs> but we picked 10 games last week, and we'll be picking plenty of games, but it's worth looking at how we're actually planning on doing this. So. Break out the rules. The rules. The <laughs> BDT rules. We got our the uh, rules logo, the same place uh, the FCS got half of their logos from. <laughs> Google Images. <laughs> It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> All right, so there are a couple of rules, a couple of ground rules for our pick this year. We'll be talking about this in our preview episodes for every regular season week. Number one, we're picking every ranked versus ranked matchup. Uh, this Good. means every team that's ranked in the FBS, we're using the AP poll ranking. If they're playing another team that's ranked in the AP poll, and they're also ranked in the AP poll, we're picking that matchup every week. Uh, Once the CFP committee starts putting out their rankings, we'll switch to that. You know, how literally everyone does their rankings. Unless they use the coaches poll, which nobody does anymore. Unless they use their own customized uh, formulas to computer generate rankings. And that may or may not happen, but it will not be how we determine ranked versus ranked matchups. It's fair. Which I think is fair. Uh, for the FCS, we're not going to be using the coaches poll for that. We're going to be using the stats perform top 25 just because here recently I found it to be a little bit more accurate, I think. And, and we uh, like it and it's our show and we can choose what we want. Basically, but <laughs> it's it's kind of the AP poll for the FCS in a lot of ways. And uh, it's pretty good so we're using that for the fcs number two we're picking every rivalry matchup every week so rivalry week is going to be loaded for us we are aware of this but make it hard to pick games well we might we just might not that week because we'll have like 40 rivalry games (laughs) but it's going to be worth it rivalry games are awesome it's part of what makes the sport so much fun we'll be picking every single one of them then, at least in the weeks where we have the bandwidth to do so, 
such as week one. The three of us, Bug included, even though he's not here today, will be naming three additional games of our own each and every week that we'll be picking. One FBS, one FCS, one anything we want. Wild cards fair one. I mean, it... Yeah, anything anything we want it to be could be another fcs versus fcs fcs versus fbs uh only stipulation there we don't really want to go below division one which you know we don't talk about division two on the show so there are some division two games this weekend uh lindenwood won last night 77 to 9 uh that was against a division two opponent so it's kind of why we don't talk about that <laughs> there is a big drop off between division one and division two unless you're saint thomas going from division three to division one then it's about right yeah uh there are significantly fewer scholarships as you get further down eventually it gets to where there are no scholarships at all and that even yeah. starts at the fcs level actually so division i was gonna say division three has no scholarships like right. for any sport right academic uh, yeah sometimes <laughs> i know how they play this game i came from a private school it's all academic scholarships but also we get bonus points if we pick good games uh if we have two of our three games in a particular week are considered good games we'll get an extra win on our pick schedule two wins if we get all three my uh actually get a loss if all three of our games are blowouts they suck they're really boring uh now i know that's subjective so if it comes down to it and nobody nobody can agree on the show then we'll send it to a poll on x.com at bdt football I'm, i'm gonna go out and say just for reference of hey what might be considered good games i considered last night Somehow, Nebraska, Michigan, or Minnesota, I thought was actually a decent game. Even matched opponents, awesome. well played, some big plays in there. I thought uh, Rhodey at Georgia State was a decent game. Rhodey held within there way longer than they should have. I think mm-hmm. Georgia State is showing me more of what they are not than what I thought they would show us that they were. Uh, and I would also, I'm on the verge, I could be convinced either way of Utah, Florida. I was hoping that would be a closer game. Yeah, I would actually say that might end up being a not a good game for us if that's one of us that's where I'm it. at. Right. That's uh, honestly, if you watch the game, it was kind of sloppy at times, and Utah was on their second on, and third string quarterbacks, and, and it was sloppy for both teams. Right. Right. Florida just didn't look good. So that's another thing, though, uh, which we didn't put on this the rules slide that you can refer back to if you want to any point in the season. It's kind of the rules that we're going by. Um, one other thing is we're usually live on Thursdays, so no Thursday night games. We're making an exception tonight because, you know, we had Thursday night off to watch some great football on Thursday night. That usually doesn't happen. Unfortunately, um, this means we'll miss a lot of action. Yes, there is a way around that. Uh, we're, we're potentially looking at some, doing some picks on our Monday night shows as well, because, Conference US Tuesday and Maction <laughs> Wednesdays are a very real thing. Once we get to October, we will discuss that possibility. Um, but yeah, tonight we do have some a Friday night game 
that we have already made picks for. So it's already kicked off, but by the time you're seeing these slides and everything, just know we 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 technically made these picks last night. So yeah, it's it was locked in. <laughs> We're not trying to cheat. It just looks like we might be. <laughs> so ranked versus ranked matchups in week one, you might be thinking, wow, the only one I can think of is on Sunday night, LSU against Florida State, which is an awesome matchup. But you're failing to realize the wording of the rules did not stipulate it had to be an FBS ranked versus <laughs> FBS ranked opponent. We have a couple of teams in the top 25 of the stats perform top 25 down the FCS going up against FBS AP poll top 25 opponents this weekend, which uh, probably will not be good games, but also it's very fun to talk about. <laughs> Mercer is at Ole Miss on ESPN plus this weekend. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's cool. Wild, wild. <laughs> what a ranked matchup to open the year. Gotta say, I do think the Ole Miss offense is going to be awesome this year. Uh, Quinchon Judkins, everybody's kind of already talked about at length. I don't like him as much as I like some of the other running backs around the country, but also he's a true sophomore, so he has time to win me over. Uh, Jackson Dart's back, and they're bringing in transfer from UTSA, Zachary Franklin, who was definitively the best receiver in Conference USA last year. Uh, we're all picking Ole Miss here. I think that's reasonable. I, I think so. It too. is a ranked versus ranked matchup. <laughs> what one thing I am looking for in this in this game is to see what that passing attack for Ole Miss looks like after losing Matt Corral. Uh, I don't expect them to take a step back. Again, we're expecting I mean, Quidshaw Judkins to be the highlight and the showman of this offense. It's going to center around him. I'm just interested to see what that that passing attack looks like. You're off by a year or two. Jackson start Jackson Dart started last year. Matt Corral. I thought Matt Corral was for, like, oh my God. I thought he was a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no? Fair enough. Here comes Tug with all right. his name remembering again. <laughs> you did remember a name, just the wrong name. That's all right. <laughs> they have met once before. It was 1911 before, Mar- before Mercer shut down for World War II. So that's nice. Ole Miss won that game. Just <laughs> I did. You've already said it. Ole Miss going to win this game. Yeah. Kansas State against Southeastern Missouri, which, yeah, we're all picking Kansas State here. But SEMO actually has a really interesting roster this year. And I do want to shout out all three of the quote-unquote big three of any offense are back. Leading passer, leading rusher, and leading receiver from last year are all back and expect to be some of the best in all the FCS. Paxton DeLaurent, Geno Hess, and Ryan Flurney are really fun. And Simo has a legitimate shot at the playoffs and being a contender in the playoffs this year. But they are playing at Kansas State, who won the Big 12 last season. Obviously, we're all picking Kansas State. And they're going to make a run at it again this season, I think. I don't know if they will. They're going to make a run. Yeah, Will Howard's back. And Will Howard had a really under-the-radar awesome season for Kansas State last year. I don't really know his receiving options yet outside of tight end Ben Sinat, who is pretty solid. But the receiving core is a question mark, a little bit of unproven stuff going on there, yep. which is which is always fun to watch. And it, it's nice to get a, 
tune-up game against, if you will, against an FCS opponent. Yep. But it is also ranked, so that's nice. <laughs> and then that's next up, the game we do everyone's have, really thinking about. Then we do have on Sunday night LSU against Florida State on ABC in Orlando, Florida, technically a neutral site game. Last year, they played in New Orleans, which was technically a neutral site game then as well. Florida State did win that game, if you'll remember, on a missed extra point. College <laughs> kickers are going to kick. College kickers going to be college kickers, man. 24-23 last year. Man, this is going to be a very awesome game and legitimately potential, like, this could have I mean, college football playoff implications already. I so I'm gonna I'm gonna back off of that claim just early. And the reason I want to is I still remember back in what was it, 2014, 2015, Ohio State dropped a bad game in week one or week two. The college football playoff committee tends to forget early losses. It's losses after about week five or six that start to truly affect. That is true, but also the winner of this game might have a little bit more leeway. So, like, if there comes a point where let's let's throw up a hypothetical here, okay? If if LSU loses this game, uh, or okay, the Florida State starts the year six and zero, looking really good. They drop, you know, week seven or whatever. They drop. They lose to Notre Dame. For example, I don't even know if they play Notre Dame this year. I'm not looking at the schedule. Pure hypothetical. Florida State wins this one. They lose to Notre Dame in the regular season. They still make it to the ACC championship game and win it. They have that one loss, but now they're on that plane of one-loss conference champion. There are like three of those every year now. If it's them versus a Pac-12 one-loss champion versus a Big 12 one-loss champion, then you Back also two. have the SEC. It's still a, we have an entire fucking season of this fucking <laughs> fucker. Uh, <laughs> this is the type of win that would help them get over the top <clears throat> compared to a Pac-12 champion with one loss. So, so I agree with you, and and where I agree with you to a degree is. Yes, I think it can help them. It is a discriminator. It is. But all of that depends on where the college football playoff has these guys ranked at any given time. They don't look at your ranking at the time of the loss. Right. Or the time of the win. They look at the rankings at the time that they make the poll, which is so a really jerry-rigged jerry way of doing it. So actually, that would um, really help Florida State if Florida State wins this because they're going to overrank the SEC team. <laughs> but... But what I think, like, honestly, what, where, where I look at this, where it does impact, I don't know if it impacts whether you get in or out. If both teams, regardless of the outcome, if both teams run the table after that and win their conferences, both teams go to the college football playoff. Where this comes in is seeding. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And we do have different opinions on how this might turn out. You and Bug ah. both take Florida State, basically a home game. Uh, I'm taking LSU in the reverse of the neutral site, home and home, basically. 
It really is. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going to start this, and I'm going to start this with uh, my obviously my arguments. Um, my main concern coming into this is Mike Norvell now is going into his fourth or fifth season. Something like that. Yeah. Either way, his recruits <laughs> are there now. He's a good recruiter. He's been building that team. That team's been building and performing over the past few years. Brian Kelly is not so good of a recruiter, and now he's starting to get his recruits in, and that concerns me. Um, I don't know. I'm just not a huge fan of Brian Kelly as a coach. This is more on the coach than it is on the teams. I do think Florida State, with a lesser team last year, was able to keep pace and still pull out the win. I don't trust LSU, and that's why I'm going Florida State here. Yeah, I actually disagree with almost all of that. So <laughs> we've talked about how Brian Kelly is a terrible recruiter. I agree with that part. That's why I said almost all. Oh, uh, oh fair enough. But this is this is year two of Brian Kelly. Almost none of these guys who are going to be playing on Sunday are Brian Kelly recruits to LSU, unless we talk, unless we include the transfers who potentially even came in before Brian Kelly was hired. Jaden Daniels is a legitimately good quarterback who people overlook in favor of a guy like Jordan Travis who gets more wins on his resume simply for playing in a weaker conference. I think that's a legitimate claim. We're looking at a comparison of really strength on strength almost everywhere for both of these teams. So what I'm looking for is who's going to be the most motivated out the gate. And I do think the revenge edge will play well for LSU. And it's not, that's not something the Knowles can claim right now. The Knowles almost have an, I, I don't know what the actual term for the opposite of an underdog is. It's not an overdog, but Sounds like it could be yeah, right. Generally, it's called the favorite. That That's a good term for it, for sure. But Florida State feels, I guess, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Florida State feels like a favorite in basically every game this year. Outside of, like, they have a toss-up with Clemson. And are we convinced that they'll really run the table and make the ACC championship game? That's kind of where people start to fall off the Florida State. No, I get that. If, if you are a an unproven roster with those expectations, that is really hard to keep up. And if there is any team with an emotional edge on you, usually they can they can find a way to exploit that. And so it's this is a game where it's it's going to be a close game. This is going to be awesome. The both of these teams are extremely talented, but I had to find an edge somewhere. And also, am, there's zero percent chance I'm going to allow us to all pick Florida State. <laughs> no, that's a hundred percent valid. <laughs> I just everything you said is I don't want to say factually incorrect. But like Florida State might have a chip. They might be getting a lot of hype, but LSU is favored in this matchup by two points. So you're looking at a low. Low differential here, so it could go either way. <clears throat> but uh I don't know, and that's basically with it being a home game, 
basically a home game yeah. for Florida State. So think of almost – it's almost a touchdown if it's a true neutral site. I'm taking taking LSU. All right. And that's our ranked matchups. Uh, two yeah. of those are – <laughs> Two of those are really fun, and then we have a sleeper on Sunday. You guys, stay tuned for that one. Uh, <laughs> we also have our rivalry matchups, and there are three this weekend. Most of these people don't know about, actually, but they are rivalries. It is a real thing. Hear me out. So, <laughs> first up, the one that's already kicked off, Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. Wait, that's exactly what time that we started the podcast. Miami yep. of Ohio at Miami, Florida, in what is known as the Confusion Bowl. Very exciting. I love, it. love that so I much. Love it. Uh, yeah, we're all we're all picking the Hurricanes in this one, who are up to a fast seven nothing lead early in this game. Though I will say, Miami of Ohio has a respectable offense and. Could be a contender for the MAC this year, but also that's true of almost every team in the MAC every year. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> These teams have met three times in the past. The first time was in 1945, and it was the Atlanta Journal who came up with the Confusion Bowl name. Uh, it's it's one sided rivalry in favor of the Hurricanes, <laughs> but it counts. Damn it. Uh, next next up number 21 north carolina at unranked south carolina if we look at the ap poll and the also receiving votes i think south carolina is at about number 28 of the top 25 if we try to extrapolate out this game will be 7 30 p.m on abc tomorrow night saturday uh, I think this is the one college game day is going to be at as well. Am I right about that? Uh, I do not know. I'm like 98% sure of that. So we'll go with it. College game day is going to be there, guys. <laughs> Maybe. But this is an old school rivalry that has not been played every year for quite some time. But the Battle of the Carolinas used to be a very fierce rivalry. North Carolina does lead this 35 to 20 with four ties in there as well. So you know it's an old-school rivalry when there are ties because those have been outlawed for some time now. It's fair. But it is a real matchup of style differences. Mac Brown and Shane Beamer are very different coaches. Drake May and Spencer Rattler are very different at quarterbacks. And we're going in different directions amongst the three of us. I totally understand Bug taking South Carolina. Bug always picks the Gamecocks. Bug always picks the Gamecocks, whether from Jacksonville State or South Carolina. He's just a – he picks the Cocks. Yes, for the (laughs) meme. But also, there is – There is an argument. coin flip for me. Yeah. And I landed on North Carolina. That's honestly what happened. So for me, uh, Doug, you like to call me a hater because I tend to not like certain things. And when I don't like certain things, I – Dig in very you much. To not, yeah, I dig That's, in very much to not liking those things. And one of those things the is the definition in, of a hater. Am I wrong or am I? And I mean, one of why? those things has been Spencer Rattler. Uh, I'm not a fan. I know he started looking better last season. I don't trust him. 
Uh, he I didn't do really ha- start looking better last year. He got put in wor- He got put in a better situation as the season went on. That's exactly what happened. He's yeah. honestly not. I, I get where you're coming from with that one. I do trust Drake May, and that's really where I think this difference is going to be this year. So I'm going UNC for that reason. Yeah, that was one of the biggest differentiators for me as well. Almost everywhere else, these teams are very similar. Very similar. Really, one of the biggest issues for me taking North Carolina was the fact they lost Josh Downs to the NFL draft. I don't know who their receiving core is outside of Josh Downs. Then I was thinking about it. I don't know who the South Carolina receiving core is either. So (laughs) it's kind of it's it's accurate. Also, I I love what Shane Beamer has done here in Shane Beamer's first matchup against North Carolina. South Carolina did win. That was the 2021 Duke's Mayo Bowl. And I, I got to respect it a little bit. Yep. I love the job Shane Beamer has done. But, man, there is something to be said for the experience of Mac Brown. And as much as people talk about how old he is, uh, which is a thing that people talk about, even though we haven't really mentioned it on this show that much in the past. That's, there's a reason for that, because he's actually about the same age as Nick Saban. And that's <laughs> really not that weird. Wild. College head coaches. Uh, but, yeah, it is wild that Nick Saban's that old. That's another yeah. fact. So we're we're both picking North Carolina here. That's should be a really fun one. And it is definitely a rivalry. Don't try to fight us on it, please. (laughs) I really don't think you can. (laughs) Well, the next one you definitely can fight us on, but it also definitely used to be a rivalry. West Virginia at Penn State was played every year from 1947 to 1992. And as one-sided as the record looks, it really definitively was some bad blood between these two schools. 1947 and 1992, that's a very long time. Essentially stopped when Penn State joined the Big Ten. So conference realignment claims another one. Uh, Penn State does lead this all-time 48-9 to with two ties. That is not a good look for West Virginia. And I got to say, tomorrow is not going to be a good look for West Virginia. No, no I don't think the, so. On that field either. Uh, Penn State comes into this one ranked in the top 10. And on the other end of the spectrum, Neil Brown is coming in very much so on the hot seat. Uh, It might get ugly, honestly. That's that's where we're all leaning here. (laughs) At the same time, though, that's why we play the games, right? Yeah. Any given Saturday, man. Any given Saturday. That's what I like to hear. Just... Just not this one, I don't think. Just just not this one. Any given Saturday other than this one. <laughs> <laughs> there are All some right. upsets to be had. This is not it. <laughs> now let's go ahead and jump to Bugs Battles of the Weekend or Big Bugs Beautiful Bouts. Best, best beautiful battles. There are so many words to start with B that I could have used there. And I went with a couple of them. That's what happened. We're talking about his three games <laughs> that he wanted to highlight for this weekend, starting with East Carolina at number two in the nation, 
Michigan Wolverines. Uh, this is wild that Bug wanted to pick this game. I don't know this At the same time, game. I love that he picked this game because there are only two – there are two good outcomes for me here. Either I get a point because Michigan does what everyone expects them to do this weekend, or East Carolina gets the upset, and I'm very happy. So works out both ways for me. <laughs> yeah, I – East Carolina might be on the up, they're not this much on the up. Michigan's coming in with their third year with with J.J. McCarthy. Granted, not a great quarterback, but a usable one. Blake Corum is still in Michigan. That's going to be nasty to see again. Um, Doug, be Who's happy. That's that. That's two names I've remembered now. It is cool, but I also wrote them down for you. So I didn't even see Blake Corum on there. Um, okay, that's fair. But... <laughs> I remember him because I was surprised he went back. I thought he was going to come out to the NFL. Um, look, I I don't see ECU pulling this off, especially at the big house. I'm sorry. I know it's not what you want to hear, but you also picked Michigan, so I guess you're kind of okay with it this week. No, I totally understand. Here's the thing. East Carolina had a really strong roster last year, and I love that offense to bits, but – Think about this for a second. Quarterback Holt Nailers is gone. Running back Keaton Mitchell is gone. They had two receivers who cracked a thousand yards, and both of them are gone. Isaiah Winstead yeah. and CJ Johnson. I have zero faith in anyone on this East Carolina Pirates offense, which is not ideal when you're facing the number two offense in the country. I will say though. The yeah. best possible scenario there is it's they are such an unknown that Michigan can't prepare for them either. So maybe that's true. I kind of doubt it. I also game, truly this, fundamentally believe the only reason Buck picked this is because it's the first Big Ten game ever to air on the cock. I will say one thing <laughs> worth noting is that uh, John Harbaugh will not be on the sidelines. Oh, yes. God, I went with the Ravens. Good Lord, I went with the Ravens coach. Uh, that'd be Jim Harbaugh's will not be on the sidelines. <laughs> Neither John of the Harbaugh, Harbaugh will brothers. not be on the sidelines. That is <laughs> there we actually go. accurate. <laughs> yep. So you wanted to bring this up a couple of episodes ago. I guess it's, this is would be the time to talk about it if you want to. Uh, what the Jim Harbaugh suspension and everything was actually for. I, I do, understand do you what it was go into for. That? I want to know why they denied his four game, but then accepted his self-imposed three game. So when they initially suspended him for four games, it was, that was also self-imposed. The yeah. NCAA kept finding new evidence of new violations. And they said four games is not going to be enough. So let's hold off on that until we collect all of our evidence and actually have a hearing on this. Because right now, the way it looks, four games is probably not going to be enough. And so then Michigan was like, all right, so we'll start off small then. Let's do the first three. We'll we'll get him for the conference games at least this year, and then we'll see what happens next year. So uh, that's, more com- what you're telling me is Jim Harbaugh is about to accept another NFL job. That's – I'm very firmly in that camp right now. 
I would not at all be surprised if I would not be surprised. Yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards leave. JJ McCarthy declares for the draft. You have like half of the defense declare for the draft, and Harbaugh goes to the NFL. I would not at all be surprised. And then it's the the golden age for Ohio State again. Yeah, I'm I'm totally down for that. <laughs> all right, let's move. Let's, let's move on to. Let's not let's not have any more Ryan Day versus Jim Harbaugh. Let's get the Ryan Day versus Lincoln Riley that everybody wants in the conference. Oh matchup, God, that's dude. disgusting! Lincoln Riley can't build the defense. We saw that last. I week. know. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> oh God, that's. Next up, we have Davidson at VMI. The Virginia Military Institute has had a rough few years outside of the. 2020 oh, season and the 2021 season actually was really solid. Uh, before then and after then, they've been pretty bad. And yet, in this long-standing series, which is not a rivalry, but pretty close, VMI leads the all-time series against Davidson 40-17-3. to to Good. That is not a reflection on how good VMI used to be. That is a reflection of how incredible the turnaround has been for Davidson, that they've been in the playoffs or at least the playoff conversation the past couple of years here. There is Davidson used to really be awful <laughs> at football <laughs> uh, on the, on the level with VMI. They were awful at basketball too. And then they had Steph Curry for a year. That's certainly helps. Yes. Uh, so I fully expect that Davidson will win this matchup, even though VMI has the long-standing all-time record lead. Okay, I need this known because I mentioned it earlier. We have not changed Bugs' picks. These were just his picks. Right. That That is fair because it looks like we switched some things on him. <laughs> no, he voluntarily chose Davidson at VMI as one of his good games this weekend, and he chose VMI to win it. Now, it's not as crazy as it sounds because VMI has historically had their number, but also Davidson is probably going to be actually okay this year, and VMI is not. So we're going with Davidson. <laughs> I'm going the safe pick. <laughs> Me too. Next up has a chance to be an awesome game, and if Bug hadn't picked this one, I definitely would have. So I do understand this move. We're talking about UTSA at Houston. This is UTSA's first game in a new conference in the American Athletic Conference now. Also, Houston's first game in a new conference as they just joined the Big 12. This is now going to be played in a Power 5 stadium. Sounds wild. It's still the same to deck you. Yes, but it is now a Power 5 stadium. (laughs) Both things are technically true. All right, fair enough. Just making sure we're clear. So these two teams, considering they're both in Texas, you might think, wow, they might have played each other a lot of times. <laughs> Actually, they've only played each other three times. Houston is 2-1 and one so far, including last year's triple overtime game, which I'm hoping we have a repeat of. But also, I don't know how we possibly could, because at least for Houston, this team is entirely different than last year. Uh, UTSA is pretty close, but Zakari Franklin is gone. Already talked about him when we talked about Ole Miss. That, you know, Frank Harris, though, 
is back. And we have already talked about in our preview episodes, Oscar Cardenas as one of the best tight ends in the country should be a really fantastic game. Both of you went with UTSA here. I'm trying to play both sides of this because like kind of a similar situation to me. If UTSA wins, you know, I'm, I'm cool with that. I like UTSA, but if Houston wins, at least I get a point. Uh, That's, I, I, I get you there. Um, I like what UTSA is bringing to the table. I like the way they've been building that program, what they're bringing back. I still think this is a really good program on the rise. Houston did not <clears throat> fare too well last year. They weren't trash, but I don't know. They're just kind of in the middle of the American. Uh, I still see them as about that level, but I see UTSA as more of the top quarter. I'm not going to put them at the top of the American, but they're in kind of like that top five or six range in the American. Um, yeah, but uh, even as you say that, Houston did win this game last year. That That's fine. That was last and, year. I don't look at it And now year. it's at home for Houston. Yeah, hold, hold on. Let's let's bring back the game from uh, 19-4. I don't know. I'm making it up. I, I Frankly, I don't care about last year. And same thing to what you just said. So there's a revenge factor. You brought that up with the LSU Florida State game, so I can ride that same logic you had just brought up. That's fair, and I'm yeah. with you. Actually, I, I would have, I would have picked UTSA if both of you had not gone. I figured UTSA. You, we're, we're avoiding this is, so far in all of our picks outside of the ranked matchups. We're avoiding the meme, which I enjoy. I can't handle being memed by Houston. That would hurt. So I'm picking Houston in the hopes that I you're go protecting one BD, on your bug pre- slot here. I was gonna yes. say you're gonna you're gonna protect BDT's name. I, I appreciate the anti anti skunk graphic. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> Next up, the games that I have chosen for this weekend. We have three of them, as previously discussed. I would have three of them. Uh, these are the three that I went with: South Alabama at Tulane. Tulane is ranked in the top twenty-five to start the year at number twenty-four. This one will be on ESPNU. I gotta say, last year Tulane had maybe their best season ever. It's certainly up there. I will say they do have a couple of SEC titles back in the 40s. So maybe not the best season ever. But they they won the American. They beat USC in the Cotton Bowl. They looked dang good doing it. And South Alabama, on the other hand, really went under the radar, at least from the national perspective, not on this show. We talked about them a couple of times. But South Alabama had a phenomenal defense last season and have a couple of good stars on the offensive side of the ball, too. should not be overlooked. I am fascinated by this matchup. I think it should be an awesome, awesome game. I dude, I agree. I think this this matchup is everything you want in week one. Uh, I seeing Tulane ranked coming out of the preseason is amazing too. I I enjoy seeing that. Uh, I'm interested to see what they bring back this year. It's going to be a fun game. I will say that Tulane does not bring back one of the big reasons I loved them so much last year. Actually, yeah, their linebacker. The 
uh, and the running back are both gone. Yeah, Tajay Spears and uh, Dorian Williams. That's it. Yeah, one for two. I'll take it. One for two. I'll take it. That's pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, Michael Pratt is back, and I do think Tulane's still going to be pretty good. But I think South Alabama is going to be really good again this year as well. Like I have no qualms with taking South Alabama here. I did not do this one to avoid the meme. I legitimately took South Alabama. All right. I mean, hey, fair enough. Like I said, I, I genuinely enjoy Tulane. I, I think they're going to be good again. I think they're going to be at the top of the American again. Uh, this is going to be a, a fun team to watch. Next up, number seven in the Stats Perform F, uh, Top 25 for the FCS. Incarnate Word at the UTEP Miners. We've already talked about UTEP a little bit because they had a game in week zero where they failed to play the game. So that's cool. Good I, for Jacksonville State. So I'm, I'm looking at our picks here, and I think that actually opened our eyes more than maybe it should have because I think we're all thinking the same thing. UIW has a really good offense always. Doesn't matter that they lost their quarterback. They bring a new one in who's ready to go day one. And UTEP still cannot get out of its own way. <laughs> yeah, I originally did pick UTEP here. And then researching this game and like looking at reviewing last week's performance for UTEP. I have to go incarnate word here. That's like, let's, let's be real. That game last week looked so bad for so many reasons. And Jacksonville State wasn't even that good in the FCS last year. And they didn't really retro anybody like Sam Houston did. So to see them come up and just tear apart UTEP, and the only reason UTEP was even in it was because of some mistakes from Jacksonville State later. Like, that's wild. Yeah. So I think you got to consider there is one element which is going to be very different that they UTEP might be helped by. Uh, last week was a I – mean, we talked about it. Jacksonville State ran the ball almost exclusively. It's going to be almost the exact opposite when they play UIW. Yes. And UTEP is better in pass rush than they are in run stopping on in, in the entire front seven. Not even just the prospect I highlighted, praise Amehale. So there is potential here for UTEP to make some noise. Gosh, Incarnate Word just feels like so much of a better team right now. And that is wild. So I'm going to go ahead and say I'm really happy that you said praise Amehule's name because I was going to call him Prince Amawale, which I was sitting there on Amawale going, I know that's wrong. That's not the right name. He told me last week that's not the right name. I couldn't come up with it. So thank you. Uh, You're welcome. The only thing I see beneficial for UTEP out of this is that he's going to get a chance to do the entire game what he does best. Rush the passer. Right. I just – I don't trust that offense right now. They got in their way too much. Three turnovers by your quarterback is way too many from a single position. I will say, too, that's not repeatable, right? We can't just expect them to have three turnovers every week. And that – Maybe that does even out, and maybe UTEP pulls it out here be simply because of that. But also, Incarnate Word can put up points in a hurry. We've seen that yes. against some pretty solid defenses, too. And I don't think what you said when we first talked about this matchup, I'm not sure that it matters that they change quarterbacks. Zach Calzada is still really good, too. Yeah, it, it so, really doesn't. 
This is the third quarterback for the third year in a row. I am not concerned. And the third head coach, and we're still picking Incarnate Word. That is wild. Yes. Next up, for the FCS game of the weekend for me, I have Jackson State at Florida A&M on Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Primetime national spotlight here without Coach Primetime. Jackson State, Florida A&M are really this game decided who would be in the the championship game for the SWAC the past two years. And it's always been week one. (laughs) The Celebration Bowl. No, no, the, the division winner was decided by this game. Yeah, but I, I thought that's who goes and represents the swag in the no, celebration. It's usually, usually, what happens is these two teams play each other in week one, and then the winner has to play Southern in the championship game, and then they go play in the celebration. Ah, uh, oh, oh, oh! <laughs> I'm tracking now. Okay, yeah. I didn't realize there was actually a conference championship. My bad. Yeah, yeah. So last year, both of these teams went undefeated, except for this matchup, which Jackson State obviously won. Uh, Florida A&M looked dang good in the process, though, and Jackson State's losing quite a bit. So we're both going with Florida A&M here. I don't feel like want a bit this, of a bold play, but I don't want people to think I'm just picking against Jackson State. This is the second week in a row I did. I did this this week. I'm actually doing it for a reason. I do like what Florida A&M is bringing to the table. I we do have them as our favorites in the SWAC this year. I, I can't go a lot with Jackson State. Yeah, I, I. this is going to be a good game. It's going to be a close game. It really could be a 50-50 game. I just have Florida A&M coming out on top in this one. Yeah, Jackson State looked phenomenal last week. But, but it was against South Carolina against, State. Right, exactly. So this should be a much better matchup. Should tell us a lot about both these teams. And it's right up front week one. Very exciting stuff. Now it's Tug's turn, and I'll let you explain your matchups here. All right, the first one, um, Doug, my my hater colors are going to show here. I really am intrigued by Colorado at TCU. Uh, there's a lot of storylines here that intrigue me. I like what Coach uh, Coach Prime has brought to Colorado. They lost a lot of talent. They brought in a lot of other talent. TCU lost a lot of talent to the draft. I don't quite know what TCU's offense is going to look like this year, short of uh, Max Duggan, Quentin Johnston. I They're losing a lot of their good players. I forget their running back's name. It's not Deuce Vaughn. He played for Kansas State. Kendra I, Miller. That's it, Kendra uh, all, Miller. All three of those are gone to the NFL. So Yeah. yeah. So that's – I have a lot of concerns with – I don't know what TCU is bringing to the table. I'm yep. going to throw last year's matchup out. They had all of that talent there. Uh, Colorado had no talent. Um, I also, I also think TCU might be ranked a little high here. Personally, uh, look, I'll tell you what the the deciding factor is for me. We saw it last week. Coach, Coach Prime brought in a lot of talent via the transfer portal. We saw the power of that last week with UMass. Now it wasn't world shattering. But UMass looked like a completely different team after they pulled in like something like 15, 20 transfers last year. Now, you should look like a different team, but they actually got a quick fix. I'm not saying that's what's going to be. I'm not saying Colorado's going to run the table. 
I think this is going to be a good matchup. I have Coach Prime winning in his first one in Colorado. That is completely insane to me. I am insane. You know this. I I don't see a world where Colorado wins more than six games this year. They might not. I just have them winning this one. And I know TCU lost a lot, and I've brought that up as a point to pick against other teams. Like, yes, a lot of the offense is gone, and I know D. Winters is gone, so my favorite player on the defense is gone because that's how that works. Uh, But TCU has just been at a level, like, recruiting-wise and, you know, player development-wise for several years now, the Colorado cannot match, and they're bringing in – they're importing an entire team, basically. It's not just the 15 to 20 transfers that UMass had. We're talking about almost 50-some players transferring into Colorado this season. You cannot have a cohesive culture right now. I don't care how much of that three weeks of training camp they went through together. That's impossible for them to play well together as a team right now because there is no culture at Colorado. And also, consider this, most of the players he brought in are players who couldn't make the too deep on their FBS team that they were recruited to. They went for a starting opportunity somewhere because they were not getting that at the school they were recruited to. Then the other players he brought in are holdovers from Jackson State who came with him. Yeah, sure. A couple of those guys are legitimately phenomenal players. I think Travis Hunter's going to have an awesome career at Colorado. That's awesome for him. Also, uh, Shadur Sanders is not as good of a quarterback as it looked like he was when he was playing against SWAC opponents. Colorado is – the story is fascinating – This is going to be a case study for the transfer portal for years to come. This is wild to me that anyone in the world would ever think Colorado is going to win this game. And I can't believe two of you are. Oh my gosh. I'm riding with the gut here. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, This, this next game, uh, uh, Fresno state at Purdue I'm picking because for me, I'm looking at this in this, screams like it has upset potential. I know it's at Purdue, so that kills it just a little bit. However, Fresno State actually is a really good team, and I think Fresno State has the talent to come in and punch Purdue in the mouth and kind of shock them a little bit. Uh, Hey, Big Ben 4-4 jumps on in with us saying TCU is overrated. That's why. Uh, Big Ben, you're overrated. (laughs) <laughs> we'll see that we'll see that in a few minutes when we go to his stream, okay? <laughs> Got him. <laughs> um look, bringing in Hudson Card from Texas is another one of those I want a chance to start again because he lost his job to Quentin Ewers or Quinn Ewers, not Quentin Ewers. Uh it's gonna be a new offense. So again, you're talking about that transition, transition period, Fresno State coming in with a lot of the same talent they had last year. I think they're going to use it again. For me, this looks like upset potential, so that's why I'm picking this game. Yeah, you are picking Fresno State here too. So is Bug. Uh, 
Which made me break out the spoiler makers logo for Purdue. <laughs> I I approve. I approve of the spoiler makers. I also gotta say you are factually incorrect about Fresno State returning a bunch of their talent. Jake Hayner is gone. Yeah. He's on the New Orleans Saints now. Jalen Moreno Cropper, who I highlighted in my prospect preview series at one point last year, is now on the Dallas Cowboys. Jordan Mims is gone, their leading rusher from last year. The defense is going to look different, too, especially on that defensive line. A couple of those were seniors last year. I truly I truly do not know what to expect from either side, except I believe Purdue's defense is going to be pretty good for the simple reason that they've brought in Ryan Walters, uh, who – was defensive coordinator for Illinois last couple of seasons and last couple of seasons are the best I've ever seen Illinois ever play and might take a little while. Maybe this is jumping the gun for Purdue to have a good defense with him at the helm. Maybe it's a couple of years down the road, but I do believe that both of these teams are so vastly different from last year. It will come down to just, it's a home game for Purdue the recruiting talent is there compared to Fresno State. You know, it is still a Power 5 versus Group of 5 matchup here. I'm taking Purdue. They are the favorite for a reason. It's also how are you going to how are you going to pick against Purdue when they're playing in West Lafayette, Indiana? That's they never lose at home it feels like. At least when they're playing against teams that I care about. Come on. That's why you don't care about Fresno State. Therefore Fresno State somehow pulls it out. Maybe. Uh, ben, Look, the answer I'd... to your question is the defense that year still sucked for Illinois, actually. Uh, talking about Juice Williams in 2007 in the upset of Ohio State in the shoe, which is the first football game where I legitimately remember every down of. I also remember crying after the game. I was not as old as I am now. So take that into consideration. <laughs> Like I, this might also just be pure hatred for me. There's another reason that's completely unrelated to football as to why I will not take Purdue. You're the one seed in the NCAA basketball tournament. You're going to drop to a 16 in the first round. I'm sorry. I've oh, lost faith. Off. I've lost faith Get in this sports program. Get you cannot be here. favored. It's not allowed. Get. Oh, stop it. They're good that's at spoiling. Oh, man. All right. Uh, Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. All right. So th- this next game, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, was my third game to pick. Um, because one was playing on Thursday night, and I was sad. Uh, and then another was a game that we were picking in the rivalries, South Carolina and North Carolina. And I was sad again. So I went for one that I think is actually a really good early season matchup uh, and a good test to tell us where both of these teams are. Uh, I'm going with Austin P at Southern Illinois uh, for my uh, yeah for my FCS game. This has a lot of potential to be honestly just a fun game all around. Both of these teams are looking uh, and trending in the right direction going up through the offseason from last year. Uh, seven and four for Austin P, five and six for Southern Illinois. Just a really intriguing matchup to me to just kind of like I said get a feel for where both these teams are at early in the season. Yeah, Mike DeLillo versus Nick Baker. Very fun quarterback matchup here as well. Austin P and Southern Illinois have a real shot at the playoffs. Both of them do. 
And the winner of this game has an inside track to the playoffs, honestly, because this is a massive, massive non-conference game that yep. the committee's going to weight pretty heavily. It's easier to tell about how these teams relate to one another in the non-conference than in the conference games. So winner yep. of this game has a really strong chance to make the playoffs, even if they don't do necessarily that well in the conference slate later on. All right. What do, where, where are the but, picks at? Oh, oh, we're memeing ourselves with the Salukis. I know. That's why I hyped it up because it makes it look this much worse. Uh, we very potentially are ruining this for the Salukis. This is a very dangerous game. <laughs> this is a very dangerous game for us to pick all the same way. But yeah, Nick Baker. Roe Elliott, Deontay Cox. I mean, this is a fun Salukis offense that has been legitimately good for the past couple of years. Just and been... the Salukis record last year does not really show how good they actually were. They were yeah. better than that five and six record. They just couldn't piece together a whole game for a little while there. Uh, or they there just was a close stretch where it, it was reflective of how they were as a team. But then like the bookends of the year, they were really good. So yeah, <laughs> maybe that influences I, this too. First game of the season for them, they'll be pretty good. We'll see about the middle. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if you didn't pick this game, I would have. I don't think I would have gotten the chance to because Ben probably could have. No, nope. uh, Ben joined us and let us know that he didn't pick this game because he's planning on taking another SIU game later in the year, so he doesn't want to homer his whole way. If you take all twelve. SIU uh, every does, week. Does SIU games, play but... Memphis this year? No. Damn, no. that would be that would be interesting. Watching Ben's head explode, that would be interesting. It would be, I guess, but <laughs> yeah, no, we we would have picked this game regardless of which one of us ended up taking it as well as getting yeah. to. And I I, apparently, we all would have ended up with Southern Illinois because, oh my gosh, how are we picking against? This was our team of destiny last year in the FCS, and it really did not work out for us. But maybe so we we're, can... we're doing it again. Yes, that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> did, SIU did the you... playoffs confirmed. <laughs> did, did you learn your lesson? No. No, no, didn't no, learn it. Not at all. Nope. That is going to do it for our games to watch for this weekend. Starting tonight, guys, if you're not watching a game right now, it means you're not a fan of college football. I'm actually watching I, four games with my telepathic brain at the moment. I, ha I have one on right now. I'm recording like five simultaneously. That's so actually, I'm going to sit down after this and watch a whole bunch of college football, which I'm very excited about. In the meantime, yeah. before we get there, do have two prospects I wanted to shout out before we you know, actually get to watch them play. So same as last week, one offense, one defensive prospect who might find their way into the back end of the draft somewhere. Really looking forward to see them play this weekend, starting with the quarterback for Florida A&M, Jeremy Musa, graduate senior who has a year with Florida A&M under his belt already. This will be his second season with the Rattlers. 
couple of other teams on that that uh, table there. Can you name all three of those other schools? Uh, you got the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. You've got the Vanderbilt Commodores. And I know that's a California Community College Amateur Athletic yes. Association. But I don't know the team. That is San Bernardino Valley College of the California Community College Athletics Association, which I'm going to start calling the Trip CAA because it rolls off the tongue and really kind of works. Uh, <laughs> he had a really good year there. 37 touchdowns to nine picks. Not really much with his legs, but had to get out of Hawaii. There were a lot of issues with Hawaii. There have been issues with Hawaii for a while. Let's be honest. Hawaii's football program's in a bad state. Uh, yes. Timmy Chang came in, and hopefully he's going to change things in his second year. It but, looks good after last week. Yeah, it's it's looking a lot better, tell you that much. Uh, but he had to get out of there, went to community college in California, and then got a shot to go to the SEC with Vanderbilt. Was on the bench for Vanderbilt and was a two-time all-conference academic team which is pretty cool, especially at a school like Vanderbilt, got his degree and said, I'm going to go find a place where I can start as a quarterback. And then, wow, last year really powered this Florida A&M offense to, I mean, it, there was a legitimate conversation around Florida A&M making the FCS playoffs last year because they weren't in the celebration bowl. There's like, well, there's got to be something for them because they had such a good season. So if they come out and dominate Jackson State, or at least beat them, don't have to dominate necessarily, at least beat them, go undefeated this year, find themselves in the Celebration Bowl. This is a legitimate shot for the SWAC to get their first Celebration Bowl victory in forever. <laughs> I and I would like to see the SWAC go to something like the, uh, the Rose Bowl used to be, where if it wasn't hosting – the national championship game back in the BCS era. If it was like, Hey, my top team got selected for the playoffs. Okay. Go to the next team. That would be fun rather than reward the second team with the chance for a national title. Yeah. At that point, just send your champion to the playoffs every year. Agreed. And, I mean, it's where, it's where we're at. It's also the HBCUs want to play each other and I don't blame them. So they have 12 games a season they can schedule against each other. Yeah, and then they have they crown the black college football national champions after the Celebration Bowl. So I respect it. And you should too, or else you hate college football. Hater. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Got him again. <coughs> so if you've been looking at the stats on the screen here, you might see that completion percentage doesn't look all that great last season. 57%. And I will agree with you, 50, 57% is not really that good of a completion percentage. At the same time, there are a lot of factors that can affect that, not necessarily just an indication of how accurate you are at actually throwing the ball. Completion percentage takes does not account for drops, drops. throwaways. Uh, it missed routes. It, oh, it, it looks better if you check down than if you take the deep shot and throw up a 50-50 ball for your completion percentage. But that's not necessarily how you win games. So Jeremy Musa, 
if you watch him play, plays very well. He's not a mobile quarterback, very much so not a runner, uh, but he can make some great plays with his arm. And I'm excited to actually watch him play because I haven't actually analyzed his play style yet. I'm hoping to do so, and I get a nice Sunday primetime slot to be able to do so. So looking forward to nice. this weekend nice. with Jeremy Musa. Then for the defense, see, it's another week of no running backs, no linebackers. Very exciting I, stuff. It, it's, you're turning over a new leaf. It's amazing. I approve. This is Fentrell Cypress II, cornerback now for the Florida State Seminoles. Spent the last three seasons with the Virginia Cavaliers. I would have gotten out of there, too. I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. Uh, he is the best part of the Cavaliers for the last three seasons, by far. <laughs> Even though he only played, like, I don't know, a handful of snaps in 2020. He was still the best part of that team, which is crazy. Yep. <laughs> That's how bad that team was. No, but you might, similar to Jeremy Musa, the stats here aren't really going to tell you the entire story because you're looking at, uh, I don't know, 39 total tackles last season is not really that impressive. 13 passes but defense, defended, you though, can't just... with 39 tackles, actually, if you know how to read stats, kind of tells you a lot. They didn't target yep. him that often. And when they did, he either swatted away or tackled them immediately. Yes. Most of the time, they just didn't throw his way. That's the kind of player Fentrell Cypress II can be, especially against some weaker offenses. LSU is not necessarily that kind of a weaker offense. So his first game with the Seminoles is a very tough matchup. Jaden Daniels can be throwing to Malik Neighbors is a thousand-yard receiver. Can we get a matchup of Central Cypress against a legitimate thousand yard plus receiver who could go in the top three rounds of the draft? I want to see that matchup this weekend. And Central Cypress, if he can show out in this game, this this might be a stretch for the prospect preview series. Central Cypress second might find himself in day one, day two pretty comfortably if he has a good season this year. Need to see was, that though, right? So I was just I was just gonna say if he puts up stats similar to what he has here and he matches it right. on tape with the rest of the on-field play, he's got the upside to be a day one pick. Right. The issue uh, is you don't see a lot of production coming into it so far, so you gotta see what he does this year. Exactly. With another year of eligibility on top. Exactly. So that's another risk here. I'm taking a red shirt junior, the prospect preview series. That's Risky, risky business. Might not declare, but I'm betting that he has a good year, and I'm betting that he does declare. And um, if he does, it's, yeah, bottom end of day one, top end of day two, very likely here. Six foot, 190 corner. It's pretty solid. Hopefully he plays like it. Just to give a quick update on the game, uh, Trevor Van Dyke just threw another, or is it Tyler? Either way, Miami's quarterback just Tyler. threw uh, just threw another pick. We're not another. Just threw a pick to uh, the Miami uh, defense. Uh, it looks like a spring game out there right now. The Miami quarterback threw the ball to a Miami player. On we the can defense. say that of every. We can say that of every passing play. You are correct. The Miami quarterback threw it towards a Miami player. 
the Miami quarterback threw a <laughs> touchdown to the Miami player. Wait, wait, that's a pick six. <laughs> oh man. It was the a hurricanes touchdown are, just for which team? Look, <laughs> look, the Hurricanes came out fast and then very quickly got into midseason form of throwing interceptions again. It's okay. It's standard. That's amazing. Also, I do <laughs> want to shout out the ACC for adding some teams now, which gives them a little bit of protection. If more realignment happens, they're creating more realignment in the effort to protect themselves from further realignment. So... This is this this whole summer has been wild. It's not going to stop anytime soon because everybody needs to be settled before the start of next season when the college football playoff system is changing and there are several conferences getting new lineups all over the place. There's, there's is, two teams I'm looking to to see where they go. Washington State and Oregon State are currently homeless. I mean, they have the pack too, but that's okay. I do expect them to do a merger in which they keep the the pack name. I do expect the pack to stay. It's just a question of what conference they absorb. I cannot believe it. But after all these years of you begging for Air Force to be considered for the Pac-12, it's going to happen, but for the dumbest still, possible reasons. It's still a Power 5 school. <laughs> it's still a Power 5 it's school. It's not a it will it not is. be a power five it conference. Counts. No, Bullshit. no, it will not. It will not. It will not. Fuck you. <laughs> Just based on the name, it will be. No, that is not how this works. <laughs> yes, it is. When I Branding say power is... five starting next year, the power five will be including the American. D- Doug, not the Doug you, you, work in, you work in the civilian corporate world. You know as well as I do that marketing and branding is everything. The pack is a... Power five brand. That's not going away. It might be the bottom of the seller of the power Look, five. Brand. The brand can stay the same, but the brand has been tarnished to a point where they need to rebrand or else they will no longer be sellable, which is where they find themselves, which is why there's been so much realignment. Anyway, this has been such a tangent, dude. <laughs> there are a lot of games going on right now. A lot of great games going on this entire weekend. Stay tuned because we will be breaking all the games down that we just made picks for next Monday, which is Labor Day, which is why there are so many games going on all over the place. Also, that Monday, Labor Day night, is Clemson and Duke, which should be another really fun game. Riley Leonard looks really good, uh, at least did last year for Duke. We'll see what Clemson looks like this year. Very different squad, hopefully. Hopefully yeah. for them, and also hopefully for me, because even with a different squad last year, they still won so many games. Brutal. Anyway, I really think that does it for for us in our week one preview. We've been – I'm just going off the rails here. <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's all good. I know what you're doing, and it looks like the delay has worked, sir. I don't know if it has or not. Uh, well, you, we can delay a little oh. bit further. Oh, it has. It has. We're good. All right. All right. All right. Let's go with the links here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, they're scrolling across the bottom. They will be linked in the description below, especially the Discord link, which I will not read to you. But you can always find us at patreon.com slash Football, x.com slash Football, facebook.com slash Football, instagram.com slash uh, big dude is, oh, God, I forgot it. Oh, no, I'm 
off the rails. I was on a roll. Give me a second here. <laughs> it, is it BDT underscore football? It is Instagram.com yeah, slash BDT <laughs> underscore football. BDT football.com mailbox at BDT football.com. YouTube, YouTube.com slash at big dudes in the trenches. And most importantly, please find us on the bloodline entertainment network at bloodlinenetwork.com or on their YouTube channel as well. Please, please, please go check us out. Check out their content. It's a great partnership we're building up here. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I got to say, I'm I'm struggling. I got to figure out how to do this. But we are trying to raid our co-host, Ben, who is going live with a different endeavor tonight, which sucks. It's going to be fun. But also should be a really fun stream. Uh, if I can figure out how to do it. All right. While you're figuring that out, I'll take us out of here. Anything last? Okay. To, anything last to add? I I don't think so. I think we're good. All right. Well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching and or listening. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win the train.